Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all ages. This is Todd Wolverton once again, sitting in the throne, held much more appropriately by Greg Mahachka. And I am hosting the Five Heart Podcast this evening with my college buddy, the one and only, thank God, John Dam Johnston. John how are things in Minnesota today? Oh, it's been a it's been a beautiful summer so far. I mean, shit hasn't burned down very much. <laughs> it's been you know it's been nice. I, I the last two days for me have been bad days uh, because uh, sometimes the brain injury and stress don't go together, and I end up with what are damn close to migraines and I turn into a blob where I just kind of lay around and I don't do much. And then, uh, it's, it's life's miserable for a little bit. How's that for start out positive? <laughs> well, you know, for many of our listeners from Nebraska and then, uh, you know, certainly where I'm at in Iowa right now tonight, uh, we haven't had rain, uh, now different parts of Nebraska has had a little bit of rain and, uh, I don't know when the last time was that they had any measurable precipitation in, in the area where I'm at right now. Um, but uh, it's kind of tough when you're working to get a house ready to put on the market and you've had part of your lawn torn up and seeded and you don't have any rain. Uh, needless to say, we're watering a little bit. But um, certainly our problems are nowhere on the same scale as, you know, some of our friends in Nebraska that depend upon uh, water and farming and irrigation and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully Mother Nature will be kind in the next few days and, and uh, bless us with some rain so uh, people can be happier with uh, a little rain. So speaking of happy, it appears, happy, happy, happy. it appears, John, that many Nebraska fans are feeling uh, very positive. Uh, there are skeptics, but many people are feeling very positive about uh, the latest recruit that um, Nebraska has signed. Uh, I think uh, probably the phrase that I read many, many times is, we have our quarterback. John, what can you tell us about uh, our quarterback for this recruiting class? Uh, his name is Richard Torres. He's a three-star guy. He's 6'6", 210 pounds. So when you see this picture of him with uh, Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez, uh, I mean, he's, he's taller than both of them. It's obvious that he needs to get into a weight program and, you know, I don't know, put his, get his shoulders a little bit better formed. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I guess I don't, you know, when people look at this stuff, I don't follow this stuff close enough. And I look at it and go, well, he's a three-star. What am I supposed to be impressed about? And I know that three stars aren't, uh, you know, they're in the, whatever. It's a star. Now that Nebraska's recruiting him, I'm sure he'll go up to four or five. But, there you uh, go. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not a recruit, Nick, either. And in, in fact, I, I, uh, I equate it to uh, a meat market and uh, uh, kind of disgusts me a little bit how Adults uh, work so hard to manipulate teenagers, but that's all for another another show at another time. But uh, one of the things I did read about uh, Richard Torres, yes, he's a tall kid. Uh, his high school coach says he doesn't believe he's done growing yet. He might get as tall as six seven, perhaps, and um, expects him to put on another twenty to thirty pounds. He's going to be a big man, but more importantly. Uh, they, they say he can really wing it. They say he has got an incredibly strong arm. And uh, now uh, it appears, and, and we've had one of our writers uh, write about it on Corn Nation, that uh, it appears as if uh, Scott Frost and Mario Verdusco are, are uh, uh, changing, kind of shifting a little bit in their philosophy, and they're going after a different kind of a quarterback. You got uh, Heinrich, did I say it right? Hein Heinrich Harbaugh. And, uh, Heinrich Harburg. Harbor, you see, I, I'm never let him butcher his name on the website, man. <laughs> I am horrible. You know, I think I have early onset. I couldn't remember the name of a girl I watched play softball last night. I was trying to tell a story to my wife, and I couldn't come up with the kid's name. Um, but you know, the last two quarterbacks that they've they've recruited are both are six five, six six, and um, they've been commended for their arm strength and really, you know, being able to to throw the ball downfield. So. Uh, looks like there might be a shift. And, and You know what else he needs? 
according to this picture, and what we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, he needs better hair. It's important for a quarterback to have good hair. Yeah, yeah. I think he should have really, you know, flowing nice hair so that it looks like he's going to start his own cult. <laughs> um, kind of like Aaron Rodgers, huh? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you know, nice flowing hair, starting his own cult, the anti-Packers. And uh, wow. Okay, that, yeah, wow. Well, uh, <laughs> hair makes a man. Hair makes the man. And, uh, you know, I've never seen or I don't remember seeing very many uh, bald-headed quarterbacks. Um, Terry Bradshaw. Well, yeah, Terry Bradshaw. But, you know, back in the day, he, he did a comb over, you know, and, uh, and, and had some on the sides. But uh, nonetheless, so they've got a quarterback. I think the other news that was reported on Coronation is they uh, signed uh, – or, excuse me, they got a commitment from another kicker from Iowa Western. Apparently, Iowa Western is the hotbed of junior college kickers. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, I was reading some stuff earlier today, and I think you made the comment that uh, we have twice as many, if not three times as many kickers on the roster as uh, the Cornhuskers have quarterbacks. Um, I think we, we have now have 54 kickers. 54 kickers. Okay. Yes. Um, and I know what the question most people are going to ask. They're going to ask, can they play offensive line? And in <laughs> fact, two of them can. Uh, that's why they're listed actually as offensive linemen, but they're also kickers. Ah, well, you know, um, all they need is a kicker that can kick the ball into the end zone or better yet through the end zone. Um, that, I mean, if you're not going to stay in your freaking lane, why am I not swearing? If you're not going to stay in your lane on kickoff coverage, then yeah, we need to get a guy that's going to get touchbacks like all of them. So I guess like can just, one way you can you can solve your special teams problems is never let the other team have the ball. Yep. And I guess that's they're kind of like going, well, we suck at special teams coaching and coverage. So I don't know, kick the damn thing out of bounds and let them get it at 35. We'll give well, up 10 yards, but not 90. It never used to be a problem. I mean, it used to be Nebraska. The last person on the roster that you had to worry about was a kicker. Uh and uh, so I guess all things come to an end. You know, the pipeline came to an end. The black shirts kind of came to an end. And uh, the kicker dynasty kind of came to an end. So they're going to have to rebuild that. So it sounds to me like Connor Culp will handle the field goals, but they need that kid that's got that big old booming leg to kick the ball out of the end zone. So uh, I guess just to kind of wrap up the whole recruiting thing, since neither you or I are, are uh, you know, have a great deal of wisdom on that front is um, – all June, you know, every college and university and all sports are uh, just going bonkers uh, recruiting student athletes. And I know that Nebraska's had events on the first two weekends of June and, and they've got another one planned and uh, trying to bring in, you know, as many of their uh, top, their personal top rated um, recruits, the guys on the top of their boards as they can for official visits. And it you know, there are some others that are taking unofficial visits. Uh, who would ever thought that Dominic Riola, the center, Dominic Riola, his son would be a quarterback. Um, now, he's not in the 2022 class. I think he's in the class of 2023. But, uh, boy, if he looks at all like Dominic, Dominic did when he was a Husker, that will be an interesting-looking young man out there playing quarterback. He'll want to smash his face into people all the time. Wait, that was Corey Schlesinger. I'm thinking of Corey Schlesinger who repeatedly broke his face mask <laughs> in the pros, in the pros, not in college, but in the pros. But uh, Dominic Royola did, uh, he did some nasty business. Dominic Royola, he was a, he was a mean dude. He was, he was a, he was a guy that took the game very serious back. Uh, and then back, he played uh, for years. He played for years in Detroit, and yep. so he needs things to go his way. Maybe God will bless his kids. for Maybe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Having to so, play for those the bitches. Anyway. Yeah. What else? Well, so um, I guess other, other news that's got, you know, Nebraskans kind of fired up is uh, the whole transfer portal. Um, heard a few guys talking on the radio about the transfer portal and read a few things. Uh, um some people that are optimistic that it's going to level out and even out a little bit. 
um, because many of these guys are starting to realize that once they in, enter the transfer portal, uh, they totally get lost and they've basically doomed themselves um, from ever being <laughs> recruited again. So um, maybe there'll be a little bit of sanity come to that, but that's not what Nebraskans are focused on. They're focused on a familiar name um, who uh, quarterbacked the team to a victory last fall over Penn State, and that would be one Luke McCaffrey. Uh, Luke, who entered the portfolio and headed down to Louisville um, with the dream of becoming a starting quarterback, apparently has once again entered the transfer portal. So where is he going to go now, John? He came out at Rice, known for its damn good pitching. <laughs> Coach I don't know Graham. what else. Rice was known for something like in the 1960s, 1955, 1960. Rice had some really good college football players. Well, they haven't had any good college football in decades. Uh, you're right. They've had some really good baseball when Wayne Graham was the coach down there. And actually, that was the team that Nebraska beat to make their first trip uh, to the College World Series. Coach Graham was coaching the Rice Owls and those games played at Buck Belzer, good old Buck, Buck Belzer Stadium 20 years ago. But uh, Luke McCaffrey is going to head to Rice. And um, I would guess that Luke McCaffrey will probably have a good shot to become uh, the starting quarterback there. Now, if he doesn't, will he finally get the message that maybe he is not a Division One quarterback? I don't think so. That wasn't the the big news. Uh, you know, Scott Frost and all the coaches and all the land that we care about are going around the state of Nebraska to twenty different stops on the Big Red Blitz this week. And Scott Frost at one place apparently didn't mention Luke McCaffrey by name, but said something about the transfer portal and uh, basically said, buckle up. Mitch Sherman tweeted this. Uh, more words on the wild nature transfer portal from Scott Frost, who referenced Luke McCaffrey without mentioning the name. Buckle up because this isn't the last time you're going to see this happening. Frost said he added a lot of these kids are getting bad advice. Christian McCaffrey, the one McCaffrey that's apparently successful and is going to drag everybody along with him, whether they want to be or not, uh, didn't like this apparently and tweeted, which we'll also include in the show notes on the website. Hold on, didn't you transfer, referring to Scott Frost transfer from Stanford to Nebraska? PSA to all recruits, take note on how a coach treats his players once they're no longer useful to him. Come on, man. And I guess there, there's a lot of there's a lot of reactions to that. Number one uh, was a really mean reaction, which goes, "Luke was useful." <laughs> and it, I, that's really it's a low shot. It is. It's nasty. It's, it's it is that is a nasty shot. It is. Um, I I honestly, you know, if if I trace, you know, my thoughts. Back through the year, I remember being on a podcast when Adrian Martinez was struggling, and I think you were the one that posed the question, John, who should start the next game? Or Greg may have, may have posed that question. And we unanimously said, Luke McCaffrey should start the next game. Adrian was struggling. Um, he was in a funk. And at least with what Luke had shown in his time on the field against Northwestern, Personally, I believe that he deserved a chance to start a game and maybe jumpstart Nebraska. And, you know, he won. Uh, they won the game against Penn State. Um, and then uh, it seemed like the next game that uh, he started, um, is that the game where they threw the little uh, the, the horizontal pass to the sideline that got intercepted and returned for a touchdown right? I don't know. I don't remember. I, I have a horrible memory. But nonetheless, Luke – um, kind of shot himself in the foot and, and he was horrible. And maybe, um, maybe he was putting too much pressure on himself. Maybe, maybe he uh, realized, you know, what, what, what the stakes were, but Luke McCaffrey, I, I don't think any Nebraska fan that pays any attention at all will argue with the fact that Luke McCaffrey is an incredible athlete. Luke McCaffrey does have a lot to offer a college football team. In my opinion, it's just not as a starting quarterback. Um, and it's for that reason I wish 
I wish he was listening to different advice, um, according to his brother. Okay, what's the fucking point of going to Rice? To yeah, play you want to start, you want to play. What is the fucking point? To play nobody, quarterback. Nobody, yeah, but nobody is ever going, nobody's going to go, oh, look, uh, Rice quarterback Luke McCaffrey uh, got uh, two touchdowns today as Rice was obliterated by some huge fucking team, 73 to 10 or 14. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you can flip that over, John, and maybe Luke McCaffrey and maybe his dad, Ed, and maybe Christian, and is it Dylan? Maybe they all maybe they all know that Luke McCaffrey is an incredible quarterback. And maybe he's gonna go down there and he's gonna turn the world on upside down and uh, just show everyone and uh, get that attention from the NFL. Maybe that's what's gonna happen. I seriously doubt it. But um, Luke McCaffrey has made it clear that he wants to be a quarterback in division one. And that's why he's down at rice. And then his brother Dylan leaves Michigan for the Northern Colorado golden bears. To you play see, for he, dad. He, you he know, could, I'm, he, I'm, I'll tell you what, I looked at that Christian McCaffrey tweet and I thought, you know, that's going to just, it's a stupid fucking take by him. It really is. You know what I mean? You get thicker skin, you candy ass. You're you're a star player in the NFL. You're widely respected all over the place. You know, you're you're both your brothers have transferred from name schools that probably aren't doing as well as they'd like to to nowhere. And you're gonna get you're gonna don't there wasn't even a shot taken at Luke McCaffrey, and that's how thin your skin is that you have to react with that dumbass tweet. I maybe think when we maybe if we just shoot at the fuckers. Then they'll understand when you get when you get somebody attacking you directly is when you respond with your thin skin tweety shit. There's my well, I, I tell you what, I think I think the Scott Frost showed more faith in Christian McCaffrey, or excuse me, in Luke McCaffrey. I think he showed more faith in him than any other person on the planet outside of his immediate family. Yeah. And I, and you know, because he stuck with it. And, you know, he even made it clear at different times when the media and everyone else was screaming, you know, why is he playing quarterback? Are you going to switch him to, you know, uh, a, a receiver or put him in that duck R position or something like that? Is that, you know, when are you going to do that? And Scott Frost honored the commitment that he made. He, you know, it's, it's obvious he made a commitment to Luke McCaffrey that he could come to Nebraska and play quarterback. And he stuck with it. Um, and for that, he gets shit from Big Brother um, yeah. when, when he doesn't mention him by name. Um, now, Mitch, Mitch Sherman did put out a tweet that included the entire minute 45 comments by Frost. And, I, you know, people are attacking Mitch Sherman, too. And, uh, well, I guess that's what you do on Twitter is you attack people. I mean, I certainly do. Because <laughs> I did kind of, I, I did tweet, I retweeted McCris, or Christian McCaffrey's tweet with the uh, Luke was useful thing. <laughs> I also said I, you know, I was I liked watching him in Nebraska, and I did. I enjoyed watching Luke play. Uh, we're on a first name basis, obviously, and uh, you know, I hope he, I hope he does well. But don't give me this fucking shit about Scott. Scott Frost transferred to Nebraska and won a national title. You dumb shit. Well, and, and you know what? Scott Frost recognized that he was not going to be a quarterback in that system that Bill Walsh was running out at Stanford. And, you know, I remember the first time, I mean, I remember reading about the whole recruiting and stuff. And then, you know, actually when we saw Scott Frost, Scott Frost had a very weird delivery throwing the football. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was not like Bill Walsh coached quarterbacks. And it was, uh, it was the shot putt. Yeah. And, um, which, so, didn't his mother do that in the Olympics? Uh, I think she was a javelin thrower, actually, but she coached all that stuff. He threw the shot. I think he has a record still, uh, Class C record or something like that in the shot put in Nebraska, something like that. So, but um, no, I you know the portal is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, um, and you know there was uh, a, another story today that kind of alluded to that when. 
Scott Frost at one of those stops on the Big Red Blitz mentioned that he might only be taking 15 players in one of the upcoming recruiting classes out of high school. Um, and I understand that. I understand why they would be doing that. Um, you do? Why? Because I don't. I do. You, you, there is such a focus on win now. You know, just look at where Nebraska fans are at this point with Scott Frost. The hell, they were there in year two. No one's going to have patience to let a coach build a program from the down from the ground up. You know, bringing in um, bringing in freshman players and developing them. When you can go in the portal and you can find some players that have been seasoned, you know, that are more mature, that have been in a weight room for three or four years, uh, two or three years, or whatever it might be, uh, that can you know. Uh, challenge right now for a, a top spot in the lineup. You do that. You take that guy every time over a high school kid. You, there are very, very few high school kids that you can go to the bank that they're going to contribute. I'm not saying set foot on the field that are going to contribute to the success of the team on the field during games their freshman year. It, 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 but you can bank on, on some of these guys that got two and three years experience. I mean, for God's sakes, Nebraska picked up a cornerback uh, from Ohio State that when he was coming out of high school was a five-star cornerback. And, and you know, in, in, in the position group that many people already are saying is the deepest, strongest position group on the team, the defensive backfield, they added a former five-star recruit. So, so you adios, high school cornerback. There's a class and then give, like, let's say seven or eight scholarships to transfer portal guys. I would, uh, I think it was Kansas state coach said that he was going to reserve, you know, he just, he made it public that going forward, he's going to save X number. I, I don't know what the number was. Might've been seven, seven, eight, nine scholarships. He's going to save them for the transfer portal. Wow. So this has become, this is like the NFL. It's a new dynamic. It's free agency. You know, you got the draft, which, you know, is not a draft. It's who can schmooze uh, a 17, 18-year-old kid the best, who can, who can con them into coming to their institution. Uh, <laughs> con? Is that what we're using? Is that what we're saying the word is? I've got a bad taste in my mouth. Or, uh, mouth about rec- I saw Division One recruiting, and I know that there's a lot of people that I'm not, I'm not unique, but I saw Division One recruiting very close in, in my career as a high school principal and activities director. I saw division one football players recruited. I saw division one wrestlers recruited, uh, never saw a division one basketball player recruited, but I've seen that and I've seen how this all works. And, um, it's, it's exploitation. It, it's a meat market. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. You want to, <laughs> You were going to tell us the story. No, maybe what maybe what we ought to do some night is bring on Haas, and he and I can face off on recruiting because <laughs> he knows he knows it a, a lot better than I do. Uh, you know, um, have you ever been to a cattle auction? Yeah, <laughs> I've bought cattle at a cattle auction. Is it like that? Well, you know, um, <laughs> you got buyers there. And before the auction begins, they walk through the pens. I mean, this is in the old days. Hell, now they're all on the internet. But in the old days, you go to the sale barn, buyers get there all early, and they walk through the pens, and they're looking at the best, the best pen of cattle. And uh, then they get, you know, they sit there, and they've got the list of when each pen's going to come through. And the guy with the most money in his pocket is going to walk out with the best pen of cattle. And I would say would that say Alabama that- – would you say that is a good representation of college recruiting? Absolutely. Who's look who's up there every year. Look who's up there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not into the, you know, I know that we have a lot of people that post on the site about the bag men and all of those irregularities and stuff like that. Even if you don't have that, <laughs> look what Alabama can roll out. Look what Clemson can roll out. Look what Georgia can roll out. Look what, Ohio State can roll out. And, and uh, it isn't 300,000 foot facilities. You know, that's another thing that I think Nebraska fans are being misled on is we're going to build this new palace, this 300 
thousand foot football palace. And all of a sudden, the only people that are going to come on campus for official visits are going to be the five stars. We're going to exclusively get those five stars. And then we'll sprinkle in some of those, you know, dedicated, devoted Nebraska walk-ons to fill out the team. But this palace is just going to be so incredibly magnificent that we're going to bring bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, wait, facility- wait a minute. You're sounding like a, you're, 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 you wanted life to be one way and it's another and you're an angry, bitter old man now. Oh, we could go, we could go a long time on that, John. Oh, we have the off season. We do have the off season. If, you know, we could, we could start with, you know, the NCAA and college athletics, according to Todd Wolverton. And the first thing we do is we go into the glossary and we strike the word student athlete because there is no such thing as a student athlete in the division one and two levels. It does not exist. So let's, let's quit fooling ourselves. Uh, the, the NCAA used that term back in the 1950s to justify, you know, exploitation that they were doing back then. They thought, you know, so that we can keep antitrust off of our asses, let's call these athletes, we'll call them student athletes. And then that will give the image of amateurism and academia bullshit. If, okay, if, if you know I'm exploited and I know I'm being exploited, is it still exploitation? <laughs> Depends on what state you're in. What is the age of consent, buddy? <laughs> oh my God. That's terrible. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein lives. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a podcast on exploitation. I think we're going to, I think for part of the uh, summer, we're just going to go out and find guests to join us that we don't know anything about. I think I, I think that's a great idea, John. Bring some people in and and uh, uh, terrify them with our old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun. Well, you know, we we did have another topic that you and I have alluded to a number of different times, and you know, with the time we have left, I'm not sure how how deep we can really go into it. But I think this would be a good opportunity to bring somebody in and interview as well and maybe have a round table of some of the coordination folks about it. But the, the, the whole um, name, image, and likeness debate. And, um, you know, that's been stirring for quite a while. Um, you know, there have been various lawsuits over the years, you know, within the last 10 years or so, you got the O'Banion lawsuit, you know, where he says, hey, you're using my picture on video games. I should get a cut of that, um, Ed O'Banion. And, you know, then you had the quarterback from uh, – Northwestern, uh, Cade, uh, I can't remember what his name was, good kid, who uh, attempted to organize, you know, uh, the players into a bargaining unit. Um, You know, the whole concept of compensation, financial compensation for athletes has has been discussed, debated, attempted over the years. And it, it appears to me that someone with a lot more wisdom than than I have you know, kind of landed on something that was, sounded reasonable. I think it might have been you. And that is this concept of name, image, and likeness. And, you know, it wasn't getting any traction from the NCAA. You know, the NCAA does a great job of just never commenting. And, you know, they have tremendous patience. Oh, this too shall pass. If we don't say anything about it, it will go away. Um, kind of like punishment for infractions. If we don't say anything... <laughs> People will forget. <laughs> but uh, um, so anyway, uh, you know, the, the name, image and likeness thing has not gone away. And it's uh, they've had some conversation with it and, and in Congress. But some states, you know, took the bull by the horn, including Nebraska and uh, state legislatures, uh, probably those with uh, some pretty hard co- hardcore college football fans, you know, that are senators or congressmen or not con- whatever they are, state legislators, representatives. There we go. Um, they they pass laws in their state. So, you know, literally in the state of Nebraska. And does it go into effect July 1 of this year? Yes. Technically, there is a law in the state of Nebraska that goes into effect July 1 where college athletes can profit, this is an oversimplification, can profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, Now, of course, you have people out there screaming, 
like hell because they don't have those laws in their states. And it's interesting that you know you go down south and most of the states down there have them. Um, but what I found real interesting, and before we go down this deep dive, about two weeks ago, Bernie Sanders um, and another senator proposed legislation uh, to pay college athletes. And when that came up, of course, you know, there'd be make them a bargaining unit and that type of thing, because Bernie Sanders is very pro-labor. There's a lot. I'm oversimplifying again. But I, I, I posted at the time, the NCAA may have wished that they had acted on name, image and likeness a year ago, because this storm that may be coming, um, where you recognize college football players, college athletes as labor, uh, that will throw college athletics into a tailspin. Um, John, you've studied you so? it. I think you it would. <clears throat> because nobody knows where to draw the line. What does that mean? How do you compensate? When you, when you have laws and when the NCAA could draft regulations, they could make it pretty damn simple to define how you can benefit from name, image, and likeness. If you go further than that, where you are compensating them as employees, as labor, and you start throwing wage and benefits into the package here, that gets a lot more complicated. Yeah, but we're not doing any of that. Not yet. No, and they're not going to. Well, Bernie Sanders is an outlier. I'm not uh, okay. I, I agree with I mean, you. Honest to God, if you want to see exploitation, I'll tell you what. You tell me a an association or an entity that is going to be the collective bargaining. It's doomed to fail. Outfit for college athletes. That that is. I, I agree with you, John. That's doomed to failure. College athletes do not have the strength or the know-how to do that. They don't. But what college athletes do have is um, th this is a new generation. And they truly are recognizing that, we'll use that term again, they're being exploited. When you have college athletic programs that have annual budgets that are bigger than some countries, and they, they pull that money in on the backs of free labor. That's exploitation. There's, there's, there's no other way to explain it. Don't give me that crap about, well, they get a free college education. They Bullshit. are compensated. They are they, compensated. They get, you paid. have 85, 85 football players that get a free college education. If, again, if, if they produce and do not have their scholarship taken away, because those scholarships are only one-year agreements. Right. You have 12 basketball players, men and women, that get a free college education. And I'm probably missing something else, but the vast majority of college athletes do not get full-ride scholarships. Right. They get partials. And so when people want to say that, you know, they get a free college education, What's the percentage of football players? I don't, I don't think anybody – how many people are really going to argue against this? The I mean, image and likeness? Nobody yeah. should argue against it. No, no one I'm should argue. No, I'm not talking about nobody should. How many people do you, do you know that are actually against this? I don't – I haven't heard anybody. Well, yeah. okay, yeah, I have. Uh, an 82-year-old man that will not go named. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it represents change and change is hard. Yes, yes. Okay, I will only say this. If Lexi's son ever puts on Instagram an anti-aging cream, I would buy that shit in a bucket. <laughs> well, you know. If Lexi's son is going to tweet about anything that would benefit me at all as an old man, I would probably buy it in a heartbeat. I was even thinking back in the day, you know, when you saw, when you'd go to Nebraska games, or actually when you'd go anywhere in Nebraska, you'd see kids walking around with, you know, jerseys with number 15 on it. Now, it didn't say Frazier on the back, but 
they picked jersey number 15 because that's what Tommy Frazier wore. And, and so Tommy Frazier doesn't benefit at all from those kids buying that jersey to walk around and emulate him. University of Nebraska does, but Tommy Frazier doesn't. Yeah, but I, nobody's, I, nobody's arguing against that. I think No, I, I hope not. And, here, 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 let, me, let me read you this, Todd, because I'm pretty sure you're ignorant of it. I probably am. It's from Matt Brown's Extra Points newsletter, which, of which I am subscriber. I, I'm a subscriber, too, and I, I read that. So um. uh, he, he talks about a, the NAIA mm-hmm. and a freshman or a, let's see, a, a young woman named Chloe Mitchell, a freshman volleyball athlete at Aquinas College, Liberal Arts College in Grand Michigan's Grand Rapids, Michigan. She has 2.6 million followers on TikTok, and she's leveraged that into massive following into TikTok sponsorship deals worth $18,000. I don't know what she, I don't know what she TikToks about. I don't know how you say that. Do you, I, I look at TikTok. I see women with uh, curves dancing and that's, and then people arguing about racism. I don't, you know, TikTok, I'm not on TikTok. I look at TikTok. Sometimes it's funny. I don't know. I, it's, I'm not going to use it. There's just too many social media services and you can only do so much. But uh, I can imagine, I mean, you know, Kelsey Robinson, of course, I follow her on Instagram because number one, she's beautiful. Number one, two, she was a, a volleyball player. And I have no problem saying that, but she, she puts on Instagram stuff that she has to be sponsored for as a international volleyball player. So you know, we don't even have to talk about athletes like Adrian Martinez. They're going to find out how to make money. I think the thing is, is they're going to find out ways to make money in ways that none of us can even think of. And that's I, the I, beauty of capitalism, Todd. That I agree is with the you. beauty of capitalism, you call me yep. pinko bat. No, hey, I'm 100% on board. And I say that simply because, you know, it, 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 it's been a long time since a Division One athlete could do anything to earn some pocket money because the demands on them and their time are so huge. They can't get those part-time or even they can't, well, they can't get 40 hour, you know, part-time jobs, let alone 40 hour a week jobs in the summer. They can't. I mean, anybody that, you know, remembers those guys back in the seventies and eighties that would go and and work all summer and make some money. Those days are gone and they've been gone for a long time. So, and, and there's also restrictions, too, by the NCAA on how much money, you know, they can make. Um, but, you know, there have been exceptions over the years. You know, I remember there was a punt returner from Colorado that Bloom, um, who uh, he was a freestyle skier. And uh, I don't remember his first name, but his sister's Jeremy, name's I think it was. Jeremy Bloom. Sister was Maggie Bloom, who ran a high stakes poker game. Yeah, a good movie. there. Did you ever see her movie? Yeah. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Oh, wow, it was. It was really um, excellent. Well done. Yeah, excellent movie. But, uh, you know, Jerry, Jeremy Bloom, you know, they, they, he was in the news quite a bit because, you know, he had sponsorships for uh, in his role as a skier. Um, you know, then the NCAA starts poking their nose around and they're saying, hmm, you, know, well, you know, he's supposed to be an amateur athlete and, you know, well, Freestyle skiing wasn't under the jurisdiction of the NCAA, but. Well, this, this law, the the Nebraska law goes into effect July 1st. Okay. And technically athletes could start doing the nil thing. Nebraska athletes. It's just a matter. The NCAA has kind of indicated that they won't punish anybody for this, but Mark Emmert has also shown that he's kind of a thin skinned shithead. You know, kind of like the guy that runs the Big Ten, Commissioner. I think. Well, speak of, speak of those two guys. I think Mark Emmett and Ke- Mark Emmert and Kevin Warren. I think they're like, you know, in a hut down in Barbados or something like that. You know, just hanging out, plotting how can we screw things up in twenty one, twenty two. You know, we won't have a pandemic to fall back on. We're going to have to really think of some ways that we can mess up NCAA. <laughs> The key here is, will will Nebraska allow these athletes to move forward? I think they will. You think so? I think so. Now, as They've I say that. Been, they already have that the deal with Open Doors, you know, Blake Lawrence. 
and they announced, yeah. I'm trying to find the announcement about what they did with, uh, they, they started their own nil stuff. Yeah. I think we're way ahead of pretty much every athletic department in the nation with this stuff. And it'd be a damn shame if we didn't capitalize on it. I would have said before Bill Moose, I think the athletic program would have been too conservative. And, and I don't care who you're talking. I don't care if you're talking Eichhorst or Osborne or, or Bill Byrne or whomever. I think that they were, they would not do anything to put programs and athletes at risk, you know, if they thought that there could be some fallback. So, but yeah, John, I think, I think Nebraska is going to go forward with it. Well, on, on June 3rd, I have a press release from the University of Nebraska. Nebraska to launch industry leading nil program. Nil Nebraska. Nil Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Focus yeah. on a three pronged approach to providing education for student athletes to maximize their potential in the nil category. In other words, they're going to teach them what to do ahead of time. Uh, because yes. the last thing you want is an 18-year-old kid that just got to campus has to figure out where old father hall is and be approached by 38 car dealerships. <laughs> you know, that just that just gave me a thought. You know, Nebraska's been cutting edge in so many different ways. They were way ahead of the curve with strength and conditioning back in the day. They were at one time they were way ahead of the curve on indoor facilities and ex and auxiliary facilities and stuff like that. They're out in front with name, image, and likeness. Maybe now you've got name, image, and likeness, and based upon what you just kind of shared there about teaching the athletes how to do this and teaching them, maybe Nebraska will be the first Division I college or university, to my knowledge, that will have a professional athlete major. I'm going to go to Nebraska, <laughs> and I'm going to major in professional athletics and put a curriculum together that trains these young men and women that have aspirations of becoming professional athletes, trains them for life in that vocation. Have a curriculum, have courses, name, image, and likeness. You got a couple semester courses right there that you could use. You know, you certainly are going to load them up on business classes. Um, why not? Why not have that as an attraction to separate yourself from other colleges and universities and maybe jumpstart success in some of these programs. Well, you know what, maybe <laughs> I'm making a note to myself to send an email to the athletic department. Uh, Nebraska have a professional, what was it? Professional athlete major. Set up a program along with curriculum. Okay, so we'll, you know what? Maybe I'll send that in to uh, people I know there. And yeah, <laughs> why not? I mean, hey, you know, one thing Nebraska did win is they, the uh, FWAA, the Football Writers Association of America, puts out this, I think it's called the, is it the Super 10 or the Fantastic 11, some damn thing, where they recognize the top athletic programs in the nation. And Nebraska won that for 2020. And normally what that award means is, they did the best job of providing media with access and information and, and basically weren't complete fucking pricks. So I personally, nobody knows that award exists. I think it's kind of cool that Nebraska does that. And yeah. you know, if you're yeah. from the Nebraska athletic department and happen to be listening to this, I always appreciate that you guys accommodate us, but well, what little I've been involved with it in the last year or so, you know, I've, I've been treated very, very well by the, by the staff and, in sports information and that type of thing. And, and uh, you know, kudos on the University of Nebraska. I, I, you know, that's one of the things that you're right. There's a lot of aspects to college athletics that go on behind the scenes. And um, I've had opportunity to be close to some of that stuff simply because of people that I know uh, that have been involved. But um, Nebraska has always done things first class. You know, Nebraska takes – a great deal of pride in doing things the right way and, and doing them well. And, um, you know, the fan experience, that's not just lip service. You know, it's not just um, something that they put out there, you know, use it as a cliche or, or whatever. It's very important to them. Um, well, you, you know, know, and it pays off. 
I've I've thought in the past, maybe we should cheat once in a while. Maybe we should do something dirty, get some athletes, pay them under the table. I don't give a shit. Then you see what's going on at Michigan with uh, Bo Schembechler's son talking about how he told Bo Schembechler about this doctor that was molesting everybody. And Bo Schembechler hit him in the chest, knocked him across the kitchen, said, told him to shut up. The wife of Bo Schembechler at that time went to the athletic director. The athletic director fired uh, Anderson, I think his name was. Yeah, uh, Anderson. Bo Schembechler had him reinstated. Now, the, the second marriage, the other part of the Schembechler family is denying all of this. But what a fucking mess. This guy's being accused of 800, 800, 800 men. Yeah, that's just my God. You you go back through this shit that's been coming out over the past few years and you looked at, you know, you looked at a childhood icon and Bill Cosby and find out he's he's raped like Four football teams or something full of people. And you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? And then you 800 people at Michigan. So there is there is some reason to be doing things right in your life, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm, I know I'm laughing a little, and it's not funny, but my God, I'm so glad that Nebraska has not been caught up in any of this kind of shit because I don't need that kind of shit. Well, Nebraska is part of a lawsuit about not handling Title IX, uh, responding to Title IX uh, complaints appropriately. And that was a lawsuit. I think, what, are there nine women involved uh, that have gone together and they've sued both the University of Nebraska and Michigan State for inappropriate response. Um, And, you know, that's a cluster. That that the whole – there needs to be some work done on Title IX. Um, I'm, I don't even want – I don't – I'm done. I, it just – it's yeah, it's a cluster uh, right now. Yeah. That's its no. own podcast series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, did make, I did make one decision this week that I didn't want to make. And what was that, John? I decided that I would not apply to shoot the College World Series. Well, it, I, I talked to the guys at D1 Baseball, a couple of the guys I know there, uh, I, somebody well-known in media tweeted out that ESPN had blocked everybody from covering the College World Series. And it turns out that's not completely correct. Uh, they are severely limiting photographers and because they don't want anybody. Normally, when you're a photographer, the wells are right outside the dugouts. So yeah. you're pretty close to the action. You're right next to the field. You're right next to the coaches and players. And they don't want anybody close to the coaches and players. So there's no photographers allowed in the wells this year, which severely limits the number of photographers you can have in an event. And it was yep. already crowded in there the last time I went. So no. I decided this week that I would, you know, if somebody else that actually needs to make money from this event, shooting it and selling their photos, get, should have a better shot at to me. Well, so we're going to, I'll be going to some games. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go Saturday or Sunday. My, my folks are going to use the tickets on those days, but uh We'll go to some games during the week. Um, my family has uh, been going to the College World Series since 1969. 1969. Wow. And uh, they've had uh, – my dad has purchased season tickets since 1972. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a summer event for us. But I can tell you, you know, honestly, this could be the last year from the perspective that uh, – I'm going to save the old man rant. Um, The fact that they're, you know, going to talk about what you're going to write down. And in the next two episodes, one or two, that sounds good to me. We're going to talk about uh, electronic tickets. Yes. Yes. That, that, that is, (laughs) I, I, I'll just say this. I really hope my dad can get through the gate with his electronic tickets. I'm suggesting mom take along the laptop just in case. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll go into that later. Is there anything else we got for this one? No, you know, we, we do probably need to throw a shout out to Spencer Schwellenbach, who, um, you know, he's the winner of uh, this year's John Olerud uh, Award for um, the best two-way player or, or whatever the criteria is. And, you know, certainly Spencer Schwellenbach um, was uh, – an important cog in the Will Bolt baseball machine this year. And uh, uh, I think he surprised everyone with how effective he was on the mound. Um, You know, to be really honest with you, his season offensively and defensively um, were not 
his best season. But um, what he did on the mound this year was close to incredible. So uh, congrats to Spencer. I hope he gets uh, drafted high uh, and can move into a professional career. If he doesn't get drafted high, I hope he will look at uh, coming back to Nebraska. That would be great to see him there for another season. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chance Roach, Chance Roach, and Luke Roscom are playing. You know, on a independent team that's uh, somehow affiliated with uh, the Colorado Rockies. And Chance Roach won his first game on the mound, his first outing, and. Luke Roscom, I think he had two home runs in his right. first game. So good on them. What else we got? Anything else whatsoever? No, I, I, since, since we last talked, I'll just, uh, I, I just want to um, give my congrats to my, my nephew, Scott Wolverton was the, the catcher on the central Missouri mules division one division two uh, baseball team. They got second in the Division II College World Series. They got beat in a tough loss to Wingate um, last Saturday. Um, my brother had joked, and I'm not going to tell this whole story, but my brother had joked, he's got twins. He's got Scott and he's got Kara. And at one o'clock last Saturday, Scott was going for his ring. And at four o'clock, Kara was going for her ring because she was getting married. And uh, as karma would have it, uh, Scott was, was, uh, playing in the national championship game. And, and, uh, when, when Kara was walking down, uh, being walked down the aisle by my brother. And so congrats to both of them. But, uh, Scott is the last of the Wolverton crew that'll be playing organized baseball. It's kind of an end of an era. So, um, a little sadness with that too, but congrats to him. Well, let's end there. Well, let's end there. We will end there. And uh, what I will say, one of these days I probably should script this or maybe Greg should figure out how he can come back and write this ship because he does such a much better job than, than, than I do, than we do. So um, that being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, this has been Todd Wolverton and John Johnston with uh, – this week's episode of the Five Heart Podcast, where five hearts are all the heart you need. John, go Big Red. Thank you all very much for tuning in.